0: What up? What up? What up? What's happening, y'all? This is the Fire This Time podcast, episode 48. You know what it is. We back, y'all. Heat and, and fire. My name is Sonny Teray. I'm Aki DJ. And uh, welcome back, y'all. Going to welcome the people uh, correctly, Aki. Uh,
1: welcome back, y'all. Thank you for uh, joining, uh, sitting with us once again, you know, while we give y'all a little bit of the heat, you know. Great thing is, it's feeling good outside. The sun is out. The last time y'all heard from me, I was talking shit about Mother Nature. You know, Mother Nature came on time like she need to And gave us a nice sunny day A little windy, but it's sunny So, you know what I'm saying, it's alright So, you know, we hit her, you know, in the uh, dungeon In the uh, red, black, and green dungeon You know what I'm saying To give y'all some feedback on What the hell has been going on And hopefully y'all been doing alright too
0: Yep, yep, definitely let us know You know what I'm saying uh but and also, you know, real quick, make sure you sharing the podcast if you're enjoying it, you know what I'm saying? Uh on your socials, you know, through text. However, you gonna reach the people, you know, help us reach out. But uh with that being said, Aki, uh I mean the game plan for today. We're gonna be talking about a few different things. Uh we're gonna talk about the death of Kevin Samuels uh near the end, uh yeah. as the last segment. Uh Rest in peace. And we're also going to talk about, give y'all update with some of the Black Lives Matter leaders uh, and their uh, shenanigans. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got on here. Uh, you know, I, I guess, actually, let, let's start here, Aki. You know, uh, we did fulfill one promise to uh, our audience and as far as developing the podcast further. And uh, now we're working on a soundboard. We got, you know, I got a, a new drum machine that we're going to use. You know what I'm saying To trigger some sounds You know what I'm saying Yeah uh, So uh, yeah. W- without further ado You know what I'm saying I do want to play the first sound On the soundboard I just got the, the, the machine today To do it So uh, give us time to build it out But uh, uh, bonus points If y'all notice uh, Where this <laughs> what this quote What movie this quote comes from Before we say it afterwards But I'm going to play Here we go
1: Hear me man Do you understand I am black I'm a nigga Do you understand me <laughs>
0: So yeah, that's uh one of that's a clip uh from one of uh yeah, and I's favorite. Yeah, that's classic right there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, of course it's, a, it's it's really a loaded clip because correct me if I'm wrong, so it's from The Spook who sat by the door. Classic a, movie, classic movie uh about the black uh revolutionary who uh fronted a, and went through and became a CIA agent, agent, then brought back the skill and know-how and experience and wisdom
1: to the Gs and, in the and, street
0: and inner work knowledge of the inner workings to the streets, Aki. Yeah. And uh, helps help kickstart a uh, black revolution, or black—I yeah. I should say—a black rebellion. Yeah,
1: black people's rebellion. Yep.
0: Yeah, that that took off at the end of the movie, and uh, so and and it's also a little clip because correct me if I'm wrong, Aki, the actor that says that in the movie, what does he go on to do?
1: He goes on. He's you, he's a Black Panther, but he also goes on to become a police officer. Yes. And I I believe that's Jamel Lemieux's father. Yeah, it's weird. He gave he gave the most gangster quote in the whole movie. You gotta hear the whole quote. And I
0: would say one of the most entertaining quotes. I gotta give it to the protagonist yeah. as far as it had yeah, the, the, the most writer. Yes. yes, the writer. Rest in peace. Yep. And and uh but yeah, Jamel Lemieux. I I'm probably fucking up her name, but who cares? I think it is Jamel Lemieux. Okay. And uh, she is she actually is one of the people that wrote uh Uh, Introduction to the newest edition of one of the worst books of all time, if not the worst book of all time, uh, The Black Macho and Myth of the Superwoman, written by Michelle Wallace. Wow. Wow.
1: Uh, The one she recanted on.
0: Oh, in in the same book that Michelle Wallace says, this is a bad book I shouldn't have, have wrote. When I wrote this book, I didn't know black men were capable of love and empathy.
1: Matter of fact, she said when she wrote that book, it was coming from the experience of only having four real relationships with black men. So it was coming from uh,
0: a traumatic perspective, but also one that was exploited by Gloria Steinem, Miss Magazine, and of course Gloria Steinem, the former... Uh, agent uh, Agent We'll say agent You know what I'm saying We're you not going to uh, cut no corners You know what and I'm saying she straight agent She For the CIA Literally yeah, You know CIA. what I'm saying Worked on CIA initiatives uh, You know I- Involving culture You know what yeah. I'm saying So uh, And we talked about Some of those connections before And, and those will come out more and, and I think Actually Tom McCurry's next book Is going to Tackle some of that Because oh, he's providing More of a historiographic History uh Feminism. Yeah, I've been waiting for Tommy to drop something new for us to give us something new to read. Right. I mean, over. the man. not was very theoretical. Yeah, you, you know gotta, what I'm saying. So, so to have a more <laughs> history based work coming out next is going to be, you know, I think it's just going to take Tommy Curry to the to,
1: to another level. Yeah, you had to bring out a whole thick dictionary. I had to bring out the thick dictionary with the source and etymological mm-hmm. in it to read his book. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah But you know what I'm saying It's definitely a true Intellectual work But yeah We got the soundboard y'all We promised y'all We was gonna get the soundboard too We told y'all that shit Yeah it was like yeah We gonna, we gonna, we gonna get the But I think we promised By summertime
0: Right you know what I'm
1: saying? So, so we're yeah. going, you know... We're, we're, going, kickin',
0: we're kicking things off right now. Yeah, we got to you know. dig through some sounds, some think about some clips. So, yeah, if y'all got any ideas for things we should add to the soundboard, you know what I'm saying, make sure you reach out, you let us know. Let us know something, y'all. yeah. Yeah, we're going to add them, you know what I'm saying, for yeah, sure. For sure, for sure. So uh, other things we want to talk about, uh, we got a few, we- a few items for this week's fire, uh, including Kendrick Lamar's new video. So his album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, is the name of the album, and that drops yeah. on my birthday, May thirteenth. Oh, you know what I'm saying. So uh, make sure y'all look out for that. But uh, he dropped the video in anticipation of that. I don't, I don't know if the song's gonna be on the album, mm-hmm. but because uh, traditionally uh, his the heart series yeah. is not those songs don't go on the album, but they usually come out before album. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, uh, he dropped the heart part five. Yeah, And uh, we just checked out the video So go on and uh, talk to the people, Aki What did you think about uh, the video?
1: I think the video was banging uh, He sampled one of my favorite songs I Want You by Marvin Gaye Off the I Want You album um, I was surprised that I hadn't heard Too many people openly sample the song They may have taken some pieces and things from it But he openly sampled Lyrics was on point And uh, you gotta really see the video To really understand You know that that shit was hot. You know what I'm saying? That shit was hot. You know, we had to wait five years for this shit. And uh, if the if the album is going to be like that song in that video, I definitely, you know what I'm saying, it'd be worth the while. You know, great artists always take time to make albums. Yeah. You know?
0: Yep. And I, I think it's timely. You know what I'm saying? I, I love a lot of the things that he was talking about in the video. Uh, like his constant reference to the culture. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? the And the oh, good yeah. and the bad of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And really how, you know, the culture... It's, it's beyond good or bad, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, in some ways, but I I thought it was vivid. I thought it w- it was it was dope as hell. You know, I I agree with the the sample and the production of, of the album. Yeah. Uh, I didn't recognize the sample uh, when it first came on. Uh, but I definitely appreciate. It. I keep for informing me and Leon Ware. I am also a, 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 a aware of Leon Ware. Yeah. And uh, his work, I got some uh, vinyls that he got credits on. Uh, and I think he put out some of his own music, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I I got some of his his albums as well. His first album was in 78. But yeah, Leon oh, Ware did the uh the music production on uh that's the the song, the uh, Marvin Gaye song and, and thus, you know, Leon Ware also composed Kendrick Lamar's new single. Yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: So that's hip hop for you, you know. Yeah. you know, we, we cling on to the ancestors. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what that's what hip hop does. But I mean that video man was definitely hot, you know. Uh it was sort of like one of those videos. It never, it never came off of him. It just stayed directly on him. It wasn't no change in one the shot. scenes. One shot video. You know. But the hot thing was as he was spitting, you know, technology's a motherfucker. So shoot, it started having his face change and he went from, you know what I'm saying? He did everybody from OJ to uh, you know, to um he did OJ, he did Will Smith, Kanye, Kanye. Kobe, Um, uh, Kobe, Jesse Smollett, yep, um, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, he ended the video with Nipsey. Yeah, saying some real powerful, yeah, deep ass shit, man. You know that 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 was a. I hadn't, you know, I'm very particular about hip hop and Mm -hmm. what I listen to now, and I always say if it's an artist of today that I can listen to, Kendrick is one of them. You
0: know, and I think, uh, I mean, his artistry is, is top shelf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really is. Yeah, he truly got it. He got a, it. On on our level, on our scale, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even worried about what white society is saying about Oh, yeah. It. On our oh, scale, yeah. he, he's doing it at a high level. Oh, yeah. In, in, in a way, beyond politics and, and whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, on the culture,
1: he's hitting home on something important. I, I, yeah, I mean, it, I you know. People was complaining. I remember being that way with artists that I was very, you know, what I am saying into. You know, cause, why am I am why wait and hold four years for a goddamn album? You wish you would see him. You cuss him out with my with my album out. You know, but those people that you know are um, true artists, they take time. You know, they sort of perfectionists, and uh, you know, a lot of times they rap from real life. They flow from real life, or they do their artwork from real life. And, you know, real life experience, real lived experience is something. So, you know, I definitely see he been sitting back and thinking and contemplating and watching shit and how it's been going down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he just, you know, so many statements that could probably have came out of that. Because, I mean, first thing I've noticed is he had all of these, he changed his face to various different black men that were literally lynched or getting lynched or, you know, died or, you know what I'm saying, just judged and misjudged and you know, this was a this was, you know, it, it, a little bit it sort of had sort of an indictment, you know what I'm saying on, you know, how we treat you know what I'm saying and specifically black males black males are still dying and getting locked up mm-hmm. you know, or they saying we crazy yeah or, you know what I'm saying it's, oh, it's you know, it's a lot of statements in that right there you know, so I mean, black males are
0: were so often looked at as, you know, backwards or on some whole other shit. Yeah, go ahead. I, I put them there for you, Aki Okay, then you know, I like great <laughs> Jolly Rancher Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think he, I, like you said, I think he captured some, some, some real dope. I, some of the lines I liked a lot were, uh, you know, this is the land where her people hurt people, and he said that when his face changed to Will Smith. You know, so I think he, you know, he's leaning into, uh, you know, using the most popular faces. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different black male faces he could have used. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, and I, I think you're right. It's not like he, he didn't use no other racist faces. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was all black men, and so I think in a lot of ways it was a message, you know, uh, to and about black men. I think black culture generally. But it's uh, you can't avoid, you know what I'm saying, what we just seen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, what he was rapping about. But, yeah, the land will hurt people hurt people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that, that, you know, Will Smith, a hurt motherfucker, as we talked about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he struck out at, uh, Chris Rock out of hurt. You know what I'm saying? Out of pain. And, uh, of course, we know Nipsey's situation uh, the same way, Aki. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, uh. I mean, you know, one of the comments that that really got to me, I I seen somebody uh, say, you know, I don't like music. This is some on on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Some immature shit. Somebody said, I I need my music about selling drugs and and shooting niggas. I don't want no slave escape plans, you know what I'm saying, and anti-racism, you know what I'm saying, in my music. And uh, it's crazy how people, like, that's their idea of the culture, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, the culture is so much more than just that, and it's, it's such a narrow... Know, type of thing. And and I guess, you know, Kendra gets that rap from some people from being deep because, you know, a lot of people are just stuck in, stuck in decadence, stuck in
1: their lower self. Yeah, they don't got the same decorum. You know, hip hop in the early days, even with the earlier forms of gangster rap, then people didn't separate themselves from the conscious rappers and shit like that. They was on tour with these people. They, you know, what I'm saying public enemy toured with N.W.A.
0: Most hip-hop artists, I mean, no matter how street they was or whatever, they're going to have at least one conscious song on the on the album. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have exactly. something reflecting on the community on the album. You know what I'm saying? At, you know, at least. But, uh, of course, things are changing now. Yeah. Things, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just becoming less structured. You know, it's being deconstructed because niggas don't want to hold firm to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and there's many reasons for that in this postmodern age that we don't got to get into. But, uh... We're not going to nuance it right now. I keep uh-huh. in other words. Uh, but uh, another line that I like that Kendrick said the unity that we protect is above all. Yeah, my nigga is, is smacking. Yeah, in the microphone. That Jolly Rancher, I can hear
1: it. We got the headphones on. Them. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey man, this Jolly Rancher is real over here. You gotta understand it's great. <laughs> the unity
0: that we protect is above all. Another one, you know what I'm saying? Speaking about the culture, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, speaking about uh, what 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 we need to be thinking about. Black unity, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Before we can move forward, before we can, uh, you know, decide which political ideology <laughs> is going to be the one we take up as a community, you know what I'm saying? Or be the dominant form. I think we just need some national unity. Uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. On something. So, um uh, That's how I interpret it You know what I'm saying Maybe not how Kendrick You know was All the way there with it But I mean The unity that we protect Is above all That needs to be What we put above All other things All other I mean Hurt people Hurt people We are talking about differences We gotta Above all of our differences All of this earthly Shit that's going on You know what I'm saying All this real modern age Shit that's going on You know what I'm saying That we tripping And falling into Uh, You know We gotta put our unity You know Block all that shit out With our unity I mean
1: shoot You know what I'm saying Hey Unify on something, you know? Um, And that's what great artists do. They produce lyrics um, and make things and make statements that make you think, that make Mm -hmm. you contemplate. I like uh, MCs that make me contemplate what they saying and what they said in the quiet. Mm -hmm. I can hear you through all the noise, you know what I'm saying? But when you make me think in quiet, you truly did your job as an MC. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I agree, I keep. Uh
0: keep it moving though. You know what I'm saying? Uh next up, uh we I watched the Canelo and uh Dimitri Bivol fight. I know uh when you came over uh earlier today we watched the highlights. Yeah. You watched about uh ten minutes of the highlights. I watched the whole fight though. And, uh, you know, I just got to give a big shout-out to uh, our Ru- our Russian brother, b yeah. for putting another L on Canelo's record. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he outboxed them pretty much all 12 rounds. Yeah. You know, uh, you know Canelo might have won a few, uh, you know, maybe two, maybe three. Mm. But, uh, of course, the judges, you know, they uh, they only had it one... Uh, B-Val winning by one round. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they wanted to rob him. They wanted to make it a draw, but to do that... They would have really hurt how boxing looked on the world stage. Yeah. They didn't want to take they didn't want boxing to take that much of a hit in such a big fight. Yeah, because I mean I, if they didn't, I mean from what I seen, it was obvious. Yeah, oh yeah, but it we know obvious. we know how the mob get down. And you know, that's what we're talking about when we talking about boxing. Yeah, they you made know? the worst life for the Russian mob. You know how they get down. <laughs> uh they also disrespected our, our brother Bivol. <laughs> mm. Uh take this in, Jess. But uh, so you keep calling him brother and shit, he right. don't look like <laughs> nah,
1: nah,
0: I, I'm only saying that uh, as like a poking aside, you know what I'm saying, to, gotcha, to, gotcha. towards the patriotic Americans gotcha. that is hating, hate hating Russians right now, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: but uh, they, they didn't play the Russian national anthem, you know what I'm saying, so I mean, this does have huh. some uh, you know, correlation to this anti Russian hysteria, I mean. Boxing is the most nationalist sport there is. Mm-hmm. And of course of course, soccer is up there too. But boxing, I would say, is the most nationalist sport there is. And uh, so you had a, this huge boxing event, uh, a world champion in Dmitry Bival fighting Canelo Alvarez. they do the Mexican national anthem first, and then they do the U.S. national anthem. And there's no Russian national anthem. You know, they they actually say b was from somewhere in California. You wow. They, they wouldn't even say he's from Russia during wow. the fight. They gave him a whole new nationality. I mean, some of the commentators did it, but as far as the official introductions. It I see would... why
1: you call him brother now. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him a whole new nationality, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, you know, they, they don't like that Russian shit right now.
0: You know what I'm saying? And not saying that, uh, you know, Russia's all good, but you know i'm not going to waste time nuancing what you know <laughs> what said in jest you know what i'm saying to make a, a critical point so we're going we're going to keep it moving aki <laughs> uh there was one i thought there was one more uh on this week's fire but i think i might be mistaken oh also uh, you know i just have some slight update on us news a uh, new press secretary i we might have mentioned this before I, i'm not sure if we did But uh, there's a new press secretary uh, that's going to be, I think, put on uh, on May 14th. And uh, so it's going from the white woman. I think her name is Pizaki or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to be Corrine Jean-Pierre is the incoming White House press secretary. And uh, she's going to be the first black openly gay press secretary. I don't know if she's the first black woman to hold the role uh I'm seeing more highlights about her being the first open member of the lgbtq community okay but uh you know our sister you know. Beautiful natural hair Beautiful well, yeah, sister
1: Yeah we keep it real They gonna give him More credit for that And they gonna give for credit for being The first black woman Right now That's
0: all oh, yeah we, done we, done. We, know that. we That's know. a whole other Subject right there though. Yeah we know mm-hmm. how uh, You know consent Is being manufactured You know what I'm saying Yeah And, yeah. and, and the faces they use, to, they use to do so Yeah In this postmodern Liberal uh, You know Hypocritical nation That we're living in Yeah uh, but, but congratulations To the sister though Yeah I mean I don't know. I don't know if I go that far, Aki. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, she she, she, job.
1: she getting paid. She getting the bag
0: for sure. She getting the bag. No doubt about it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I don't know how that's gonna work. For, but us. as far as putting your, like, I, I, I don't put no, I don't put no stamp on you know putting your face on a genocidal imperialist nation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna like, get to think she is being used, Aki. I mean, and that, that's the critique, right? You know what I'm saying? They're using increasingly diverse faces you know what i'm saying to uh you know be the face of empire to be yeah. the face of uh of this you know fascist capitalist like society that we live you in Gotta
1: make yourself welcome to the folks you so know she what I'm so she
0: going to gonna go. lie and manipulate the people you know what i'm saying on behalf of the white house nah. cuz she ain't got no power to change well, yeah. what the White House or oh, for sure. is doing like, and 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 you got to think you know we said this in the past you know that black faces and increasingly so Black female and Black queer folks' faces are increasingly the most efficient faces for a white empire to wear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying in their um, public as uh, in their public face. Yeah. You know uh, because um, you know I, that's that's what this liberal hi- identity politics. That's the currency of the, of mm-hmm. diversity in this liberal identity politics. You know what I'm saying? Like we can perform this surface level non-systemic change through tokenism instead of real change and also like it has a real effect when you know young black people see these faces you know what i'm saying if, yeah. if they have this representational or this politics of recognition like if only we're only if only we're recognized or if only we have a seat at the table if only we're part of uh colonial you know the state this white capitalist state You know what I'm saying That's uh, somehow progress I
1: mean the so, reality yeah, it's is It's confusing
0: people Mike, Go ahead I can't. Yeah, Her
1: her whole Her presence ain't gonna change shit That move with the greater Group They ain't gonna move a damn needle in the group mm-hmm. It's a job <laughs> She got a job And it's a shitty one Because you gonna be knowing the shit You gonna be knowing the truth of situations And you are gonna be having to go up there And lie
0: Yep, Or I mean she, this might be a person that just believes the lie. I, I you know what I'm saying like could believe the lie. I, I doubt that she got in the position position that she's in cuz she could be LBGT would be right wing but she's probably a democrat. She, I mean the democrats are a moderate or right wing party, you know what I'm saying? Like uh like the the darling of the Democrats is still Obama and uh he said himself that he's a moderate Republican, if it was twenty, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I think it's worthwhile to mention just because you know, identity politics. You know, it's something to pay attention to. You know, we got to understand how they're attempting to manufacture consent. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we can't just go along with the get along. Long story short. Anything else on that, Akeem? Nah, nah, we're good on that, Akeem. Uh, so yeah, let us know how you feel about it. You know what I'm saying. What do y'all think about it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Not just what we think. What do y'all think? I'm 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 actually curious about that. Mm-hmm. For real. Like, what do y'all think? You know. Uh, next, Aki. Um, let's talk about. Uh, do Do you want to do the uh, BLM updates and then get to the uh, Doctor Umar?
1: <laughs> yeah, we can do the BLM BLM. Update.
0: Yeah, let, let's do the BLM updates real quick. So, uh. There was an interesting article that came out. And uh, take this with whatever grain of salt you deem necessary. But uh, this article I'm reading from is from Fox News. But it is based on reports. uh, Let me see. So, okay. Like I said, this is a Fox News article. And it's titled, BLM co-founders nonprofit flooded with secret cash from Tech Titan Fund. And... It says Dignity and Power now the name of this uh Patrice Colors nonprofit that she co-chairs received 60% of its 2020 cash from Silicon Valley Community Foundation. So a nonprofit that Patrice Colors uh, you know it helps run received 60% of its multi-million dollar budget from a dark secret uh what is it uh what do they say uh Val- Sil- silicon valley uh foundation you know ran by the tech giants you know mm. what i'm saying <laughs> so uh you know this again just shows you know what i'm saying how you know leaders can be bought and paid for in some ways you know and and i think some of the pitfalls of this relying on white philanthropic money and and really the seriousness in which we need to follow the money. Because these tech giants, which are, you know, participating the, you know, the quickening, uh, you know, uh, uh gap in wealth, you know what I'm saying, in this country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it, it's something to, to really pay attention to. You know what I'm saying? And it, Silicon Valley ain't filled with people that are supportive of our, of our national liberation. Oh, hell you no. know, You know, they're supportive of the status quo and really, you know, they see themselves as capable of running society and being those leaders. Mm-hmm. They they invest within themselves that authority. You, you can see it in their actions. You can look at the Bezoses or the uh, Muskets yeah. or the Zuckerbergs, yeah. you know what I'm saying,
1: and see this shit. I mean, you know what I'm saying, Um, these folks been getting called out for a long time. And the reality is, it's like, you know what I'm saying, you trace back where the money come from, you're going to be telling who run the shit. And so... Yeah, all these undisclosed uh, donations that they're getting And things of that such nature It's really on some, you know what I'm saying, BS shit But this is the movement that people put their money into and went behind And it's just like, you know It's just a bad stain on trying to do something for your people Because it's like you just see how you're getting fucked You know, just continuously and continuously by putting your faith in something Putting your faith in a noble cause but sometimes putting your money behind that in noble people, you know. Yeah, and money corrupt most. Yeah, you know so.
0: So uh, I mean, there's some other stuff too. I know uh, Patrice Colors was uh, also crying on uh, her, um, I guess Instagram live because oh, Candace yeah. Owens <laughs> pulled up and was asking her about BLM's funding
1: at the crib at the crib. Like the, what the and I think Candace Owens is pregnant, right? Yes. Yeah, she's pregnant right now. So she she rolled up belly and all.
0: And uh of course, you know, we got our gripes. Yeah, with Candace. with Candace Owens, you know, I don't think she when she's not part of the team, but uh you know, even a broken clock is right sometimes. Sometimes. And uh twice out the day, she, you know, Candace Owens is making a documentary about BLM's funding, right? And I think some people on the left, so-called left, so-called black movement, whatever, they're going to disdain it and reject it. Uh, And I'm sure there's going to be some objectionable parts to it. You know, specifically the ones that say, you know, probably like movements like this aren't needed. You know what I'm saying? like, I don't think Candace Owens, even one ran properly. She would have a black movement ran properly. She would have problems with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But of course, BLM was from its foundation ran improperly and by people that are uncommitted to the real national struggle for national black national liberation. Exactly. and uh, But yeah, so I mean, uh, we ain't gonna play them clips, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you go check that out. <laughs> uh, I found it, you know what I'm saying? I, I look forward to the documentary and this further, like whatever creates a conversation to further expose them for the frauds that they are, mm-hmm. I accept it and w- will look to utilize it to raise the consciousness of those around me. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we got duped something serious and we got a serious challenge ahead
1: of ourselves to uh, fix this shit. Yeah, it's real weird out here right now. I keep, you know, especially in that type of environment and doing that type of work, you know, that sort of made it shitty for a lot of true activists and people who are really concerned about doing something in the community. It's real so bad, real serious ass thing.
0: Key. So all right, let's uh let's transition real quick. Uh you know, uh we actually have found now I'm not sure when did they say this came. Oh, so this is from April 26, so just a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh you know, we know that there's mixed feelings about uh Dr. Umar Johnson out there. But uh here, you know what I'm saying, we're looking at a stimulating conversation about an issue important to our community and very active very salient within the discourse within our community right now. Yeah, uh, not saying that this is the majority belief because it's not, but there is an increasingly large belief that uh, we're not from Africa. Yeah, you know, uh, and that the, our
1: ancestors did not come from Africa.
0: Exactly, Aki. You can speak to this better than me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As far as uh, like, give people like a a, a short overview. Of like the groups, the identity groups, even or the organizations, they, that kind of co- like give people an idea of who comprises this belief system mm-hmm. and what are the basic ideas of this police this this belief system.
1: Ah, uh, I see. um A lot of the works that they use, intellectual works, are older. A lot of them are older um, books that white people wrote but also some books that black people wrote. Some from the from from, even from the early 1900s. Um, They even deal with old white myths, things of that such nature. But it really didn't kick off like that until around probably the 80s. And I ran across it um, when it really first started hitting mainstream in like 91, 92, 93. That's when I first started hearing about that stuff. I was young. Um, That's when I first started seeing the brothers. Um, and um, you know, at that time it was the Washita Nation, the Washita Dagoma Nation in Louisiana that was pumping that real hard. Um, and it was uh influenced heavily with Moors, Great Seal Moors. They wasn't from the Moors Science Temple, but they was from a group called Great Seals. And
0: what was the belief and what were,
1: what were they opposing? The belief was uh pretty much that. At that time, that black people in America were, well, and it was two separate ideologies. So those two groups are different. I would say with the Washita's, theirs was that the original indigenous people of North America, the original Native Americans were African. And they eventually mixed in with some Asians that came in uh, 459 A.D. through Hoshin, um, and they mix with these people, and in the process of them mixing with these people, they got what you got today. Some of the tribes and groups remained dark-skinned. Some remained, you know, or they got lighter. And um, that was their premise right there, that some of us did not come on the slave trade, but they wasn't really trying to go at it the way some of these guys are now. Um, the concept now is that Those people wasn't even African. The slave trade did not exist. All of us are from right here in America. We are the actual, real Native Americans. Um, You find it um, what they call the Abos Movement, uh, or uh, Abos Movement, which is short for Aboriginal. They're going by the term Aboriginal. It used to be indigenous. They used to do the indigenous thing. So you can find, like, indigenous Moors, or indigenous Kichwa Nation or stuff like that. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people
0: ask, you know, where are the slave ships? You know, As, as proof that the slave trade did not occur, uh, they asked, know, where are the slave ships?
1: Ironically, we got slave ships. Yeah, I mean... Most of the slave ships, like, people don't understand, when, when slavery ended and when ships started to modernize, a lot of ships were... Turned over to different types of ships You know what I'm saying they, they took something that was already there and reconfigured it But we got slave ships We found wreckages, they got live slave ships They got ships that was once a slave ship And they converted it to something else So that's not something that You know It's it, I, And I say this, I used to be in this movement So you know what I'm saying um, It's very Very Convincing until a person actually knows Our history What I realized when I was in that group When I came out of it Is that I didn't know shit about African American history You know mm-hmm. I, I and, 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 and didn't even really know much About African history So I had to do a whole relearning Because a lot of the history Is really like pseudo
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like a lot of the history is Borrowed from a lot of uh early 19th century semi esoteric you know secret like rosicrucian type histories it was very weird they combined a lot of different shit
0: so all in all it's a pretty fringe cultural like movement you know what i'm saying that yeah. highlights that were native to the americas and we're not native to Africa.
1: Yeah, I mean and, it's bad now. Like yeah. people coming at people like Garvey, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman. These, some of these people are saying like Harriet Tubman was a lie. She didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't exist. Like they. I mean it's 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 there. You know. So mm-hmm. it's wild. So, so you know?
0: with that being said, let's let's go to this clip. So this is uh, Doctor Umar Johnson. Uh, I think somebody called into something, uh, a show, or a stream that he was doing, mm-hmm. and uh, at first they were talking about reparations, and then uh, this, uh, which she uh, says she don't believe in, right? Uh, and I can I can understand her stance on that as far as do for self. That's her yeah. her stance was we need to completely do for self, divest ourselves of even searching for reparations. Uh, and I can I, I disagree, but I can understand that more than what you know. She's you're about to hear her talk about, yeah. And uh, which is about you know we're not from Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, so let's just hear what she has to say, and uh, okay. you know uh, we'll respond to it. So here we go. All
2: right.
0: What so about? You it? mean
2: to tell me okay? we was here before I'm the gonna...
0: transatlantic slave trade? But go ahead.
2: Okay, we, we, as, as far as a, a, on a business because slavery was a business, right? Slavery uh-huh. was a business. A-P-O-W,
0: was a P O W African prisoners of war. Okay, A-P-O-W. A P O W.
2: That makes okay. It was a business, so just look at this as a business standpoint. You're a business owner. I'm a business owner. Okay, I'm going to go and get some Africans from um. This is what 1500s, right? And um. 14. Get, 1400s. 1492, but 1400. Get some Africans, all right? Sick. What? How many was sitting on that boat? About three hundred. Them on a the boat. Strap them on the boat. Put them. Uh. On, put them. Have them go through the Atlantic, which we know is a long voyage from Africa to America with no motor. Okay. Then they going down to the down to the uh, the Caribbean and all that. So they going through the, the hurricane season and everything. We getting them down there. Get them over here. They gonna be sickly. They stinky. Hey,
0: hold on, She said. And they gotta go through the Caribbean, so it's hurricane season and all that. Like, hold on, like, so the the Caribbean during the 1400s was completely
1: hurricanes. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Which which shows they they ain't did no research. Yeah. The same way hurricanes come at a certain time of the year in large numbers. Right now, they did that. Then they timed their voyages based in that time period when those hurricanes didn't come oh yeah they was taught that by the moors
0: yeah let's keep it going let's let's capture what else you got to say
2: they ain't had no food. They ain't had no drink. They've been side by side. They funky. I'm get them over here to a foreign land, which they know nothing about. I'm gonna have to clean them up. Uh, uh, I'm gonna teach them how to till this land. Teach them about this land, just so they can till and some cotton and grow some vegetables that they can grow all in, they, in, in, in Africa, which is supposed to be the motherland. Because Africa's
0: so. I mean, she's incorrecting a lot there. Of yeah, old Yeah. I mean, part of it is it wasn't Europeans that taught Africans how to till the land. Africans that had that knowledge, they sought out certain African ethnicities because of a specialty in say rice cultivation. Yep. And it was, I mean, to say it was like cotton was a sh- like cotton's dominance mm-hmm. within the history of slavery in- on the continent. Yeah cotton's dominance is a very short time period at the end of slavery. Yeah. You have the cotton gin being created I think in the late 1700s. Yeah. And then you you start seeing cotton's uh cotton quickly becoming the dominant Cash US crop. export. Yeah. And uh and cotton became so dominant so quickly that it overtook much of the other uh parts of the slave economy yeah Yeah. and uh it really i mean one of the great migrations of african people saw us leave the upper north i mean i'm sorry the upper south yeah uh states like tennessee kentucky right Mm -hmm. uh and it, it was the cotton the 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 emergence of the cotton kingdom yeah. That saw us move to the lower south and, and very great so great numbers that some historians refer to it as a great
1: migration of African American I mean, people. You got that one and then you got the cotton boom as it went on. The United States sort of even expanded for that reason. They expanded past the Appalachian Mountains. And so when they got past the Appalachian Mountains, now you in those places like Alabama. You in those places like Louis, well, Louisiana came through Louisiana Purchase in mississippi but like you get getting into places like alabama arkansas and stuff like that that's how we got into those areas and that's how you getting cotton being grown in the black belt going through alabama and things of that such nature they just continued to strip but i mean that you got to know about your history to know that
0: by the time cotton became king the the slave trade to the U.S. was being dismantled.
1: Yeah. I mean, to say the stupid shit that she's saying, though, like, they had to teach us how to grow. First of all, Native Americans didn't grow cotton. They didn't grow cotton. Like, that's not in their history at all. Let's talk real. I don't think Africans was growing cotton. We made clothes, though. But that's not something that was staple to us, I don't think, in a sense of, like, we grew this as a cash crop. We didn't have a sense of that like that, you know what I'm saying? We probably did use the fibers, but as far as us, like, to cultivating farms for this, no. We wasn't doing that like that. And so, like...
0: So it says in many... I I just looked it up because uh, I want to I wanna get it right. Am I wrong? As, Am I wrong? Uh... Like as far as cotton being grown in Africa, yeah. you know, I, I think uh, the previous page—if uh, you Google it, cotton crops in Africa—it says Africa currently represents five percent of global cotton production, which is, I guess, a pretty small percentage. Yeah, and nine percent of the world's cotton exports. So, uh, but uh, of course, this, the question remains: how much cotton was being, yeah, made in Africa pre well, like pre colonialism? Like, I think that's pr- well. Like, that's well, part and, of and it. this
1: is the thing: you may have to teach an African how to pick cotton. Mm-hmm. but you don't have to teach an African how to grow. Right, right. That's the catch. They, nobody had to teach us how to grow. The world was growing by that time.
0: I mean, uh, if we go... Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, Aki. I mean, to stay focused on uh, on Katriki and, and trying to correct Shadi that was speaking on these things. Yeah, I mean, she, the way she was talking about us, it made it seem like we were straight-up savages. Yeah. Our ancestors were straight-up savage that had to learn everything from the white man mm-hmm. when we got over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't forget, you know we was teaching them about cleanliness you know what i'm saying yeah. uh marla i think her no Charlotte Fett, she has a uh, a book about i think it's called working cures yeah. that talks about how we had our own practices related to health many times you know uh you know dealt with the problems we were facing better than what the europeans or our you know our slave masters was was giving us and it was truly a negotiation when it came to uh, you know, taking care of the health of the slave community mm-hmm. it was a, it was often uh, a negotiation between the communal practitioners yeah. you know from Africa on the plantation in the plantation community and these white uh doctors or slaveholders mm-hmm. so um, like we we came all that to say, we came with ingenuity, yeah, you know what I'm saying, we yeah. came with our own practices, and uh you know we were never like they they try to paint this uh, uh, this picture of slavery. As so dominating, you know what I'm saying, as to say like, oh, we have to reject that because we weren't dominated like that, you know what I'm saying. Like, if you believe that we're so savage and that we came over here with nothing and learned everything from white folk, like if that if that's the the the, the belief system that you're placing within this slave history that you're rejecting, you know what I'm saying. Of course, that makes it easy to reject. You know what I'm saying? That's creating a straw man argument. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's actually a lot more complex than that. I mean... And there are a lot of African cultural survivals that were negotiated during slavery on this mm-hmm. continent. You know what I'm saying? that That's part of our best evidence of our slave past. I mean... When my, I'm sorry, of our African past. Yeah, if,
1: if she's going with the concept that she's indigenous, let's just be real. Native American tribes wasn't known for farming like that. They wasn't known for, like... Um, having grown large agriculture crops of wheat and stuff like... For global exports. That. Yeah, for global exports, but let alone just for, like, a lot of these tribes were, I don't want to say hunter-gatherer, but they were hunters. You know, they hunted their prey. You know, um, they combined that with nuts, you know, fruits and things that had such nature. You know, um, but they probably were some who did. I know in South America there were um, communities that actually uh, Farmed maize and things Of that such nature But like they had to teach all that shit If that's the case And then when you You know what I ain't gonna go there I ain't gonna disrespect those people Cause it is a real Native American people Who have a real history And I respect you know Those people you know I ain't gonna go there Go ahead and continue with the video Alright let's check out a little bit, like that. little bit more of it
2: be able to grow all this stuff too why would I take you from Africa and bring you all the way to another land and risk my boat sinking you guys dying being sickly and bring you somewhere else just,
0: just- and, and I mean we slavery saw the bur- like, slavery was a crucial piece if not the crucial piece you know what I'm saying of the global economic system that we know of today mm-hmm. right so you, she, I mean she just said you know why would I risk my boat sinking that did happen yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where do where, you want you want to know where insurance companies came from? That insurance companies, the insurance industry, was birthed with this creation of global capitalism, these global exports, these long range mm-hmm. t- type of trading of, of valuable commodities, and of course, slavery was the lifeblood of that system. As it, yeah. it, it, slavery it is, is what slavery is what is what made it lucrative for the small amount of men. To extend their reach, uh, as they did, you know what I'm saying. Slavery is what made it lucrative. Slavery is what made it often worthwhile, you know. And, and of course, re- like relative to all of world history, chattel slavery lasted a small amount of time. Yeah. Sla- slavery, uh, the slave system that gave birth to capitalism, did not last a millennia. Yeah. It lasted, you know, uh, some centuries. Mm. You know what I'm saying. So it, it's good to put it in context. Go ahead, keep My
1: I bad. I mean, they they. What they don't understand is this chattel slavery was different than any form of slavery Chattel slavery, we were property We were not humans And so when you have a piece of property That Is worth value You insure it That's what you do if You got a piece of property that's worth some value You insure that property just in case something happened to you When you look at a lot of insurance companies It's a mighty funny too Because they insure a lot of times Black women a lot And they did it for economic reasons. The reason why they would insure black slave women is because black slave women um, generated black male slaves. And they generated more black female slaves. So she was a generator of slaves in the white man's slave economy. And so he would enslave those females and he would enslave bucks, males, Large males. He could use those for breeding and things of that such nature. They enslaved the ship. They they insured the ships. So if the ship sunk, you can get your money back. You know, probably cost a lot, but you could. You know, they insured the cargo on the ship. Go look up British history and insurance companies because this ship is this was going back. During the times when we was 13 colonies We ain't even gotten to the United States of America yet We talking 13 colony shit So it's like Just the ignorance of it You know what I'm saying There's too much evidence around the world That this shit took place Too much evidence, Aki And
0: I mean, how much oral history And how much written history From our enslaved ancestors Are you ignoring to make these arguments? You know what I'm saying? Because like, they, they point to this abstract shit to try to say slavery didn't exist. And I guess you, you got to think, it's like some mass paranoia shit or some mass trauma shit. Because, mm. like, to look at, to, to take some some shit that's based on the abstract, you know, and, and and then ignore or see, like, you would have to see the history of slavery and all of its manifestations mm-hmm. as some type of grand conspiracy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Created to to confuse black people, hmm. like like that. Like a lot of people believe this though. Like this, yeah. it, it's not a joke. Like I know, I Like I said, I used to run around saying this shit. Oh no, I'm not saying. I'm saying like to our to our listeners. Like it's not a joke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm making sure like folks know. Like it's not a joke that some people believe. It's part of a there's a grand conspiracy trying to convince black people that they were they were once enslaved
1: yeah i'm not i'm not gonna tell you no lie bro conspiracy is a big part of the the ideology over there Mm. conspiracy is a big part something's always hitting somebody's always lying and somebody's always telling not telling the truth the most funny thing and i and i and there's funny things i learned how to argue against them because i used to kick their arguments and so the funny thing about it is this you ask them well where's the writings of these people there was Native Americans who could write back then. That learned how to write in English from white people, just like slaves learned how to write from English and white from white people. Nope, none of them people are saying this shit. It goes deeper with them. Cause they start trying to go into legal implications, I keep.
0: Or they they rely on the evidence of some pasty white motherfuckers that never been to Africa or never really seen non-Europeans like that. And then they see some Native American tribes and, and describe their color.
1: Well, that... But there you go This is the thing to get you They deny the history That their own people wrote Mm. So A person can go back And look up newspapers.com Just get on newspapers.com Might have to do a little subscription. You can type in You can find old 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 newspapers Old newspapers We usually have to order them But now they got a website Old newspapers From like the 1700s By black people in the free black communities, independent black people that communities over here that, and they're telling where they come from. They saying where they come from. There's not no lie. They saying exactly where they come from. Some of these people, they remember, like, Martin Delaney went back to the place that his mama and or I think granddaddy told him he was from in Africa. He went back to the place and came back. You know what I'm saying? so, your own people that we come through the lineage of was saying this shit. And I guess they lying now. You know? It's a weird thing, man. You know what I'm saying? They got to say, they. you got to have knowledge of self and kind. Shout out to Rob Bowen from Each One Teach One. You got to have knowledge of self and kind.
0: You right, Aki. So, uh just to keep it moving, you know, of course there's, there's much more to say. We could listen to more and say a lot more and, uh, you know, but I'm sure this is a topic that we're, we're going to revisit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, time and time again. Uh, but let's keep it moving, Aki. And, uh, I want to talk about, um uh, the passing of Kevin Samuels. And, um, uh, of course we've seen some of the response to the passing of Kevin Samuels. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, First off, you know, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Yeah, rest in peace. Your your mother certainly did not deserve to find out about your death in the way that she did, yeah. especially uh, your your death being made into what it has been yeah. for so many, mm-hmm. uh, and that is a moment of celebration. Yeah, to you know, people are celebrating his death. Yeah, and I also want to start off by calling out people in, I guess maybe some somewhere in the proximity of our neck of the woods, right? And that's black power media, you know, Jared ball, Geechee Yaw, and Diallo. Yeah. They started at, they started off a, a segment that uh, many parts of which we enjoyed mm-hmm. talking about movement capture, uh, Tamika Mallory's book and Angela Davis and yeah. some other things, but they started it off with a reaction to Kevin Samuel's death. And, uh, they were all smiles and giddy at the news of his passing. Yeah, you know, I paused it at one point, and the smiles that they wore on their face, talking about Kevin Samuel's passing, it was, uh, it really shows you where where we've come as a society and culture. Oh yeah, uh, you know and uh, i mean go ahead go ahead and and say your piece okay
1: I, I mean um you know uh kevin samuels you know was loved and hated of course um he was loved for a lot of different things he was hated for a lot of different things um but nobody deserves that it's it's what you call the uh the the drill culture taking over, you know what I'm saying, black culture, where you just call out the dead, dissing the ops, you know what I'm saying, throwing shots at the ops while they in the grave, you know. You know, they, next, next thing you know, they're going to be saying they smoking on cab and shit.
0: Yeah, I've seen, I don't know if it was Green Gorilla Or somebody had put, you know what I'm saying that That's what they had said too, like drill culture Like they, they described this as an aspect of drill culture And I watched part of the live stream I forget, you know, the the brother, scholar on YouTube That was talking about this mm. But uh, I mean, he, he used some of the same verbiage that you just did And uh, I wanted to type in the comments something about uh, You know what I'm saying, like, yeah, th- this is like For the college-educated Negroes that is really on that type of wave, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, that are you know disconnected in the ways that they're disconnected, yeah. This is like a boot, like a, a petty bourgeois type of uh drill, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, this is how the postmodern uh, uh, intersectionalist, you know what I'm saying, broadly defined, uh, you know, th- this is how they do their drills, you know, yeah. and um yeah I mean, I mean, like you said, I didn't neither one of us enjoyed uh everything about Kevin Simmon yeah or or agree with him uh, on everything. I think he was a uh, a cultural commentator on the issue that the black community found and finds important yeah that that is important mm-hmm. he was not the arbiter of all truth on the topic, you know what I'm saying, but he had a unique voice. On the topic And he told some truth On the topic Yes yeah. And uh What they don't want to discuss Is the truth that he's yeah. Exposed Yeah You know uh I don't like how he treated A lot of the people he had On this podcast yeah. Men and women mm-hmm. I thought that His temperament Is not a temperament I'm used to Aki You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying Because he's not a blue collar Type of individual Yeah I come from a very blue-collar family. I know you do as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as, you know, I think he went to uh, some HBCU, you know what I'm saying? He, he, just, he he's more like a middle-class type of uh, dapper Dan-ass nigga. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know how to describe him. Yeah. But uh, you could tell that, I mean, he's still a brother. He's still uh, certainly black culture. It's not like he's an Uncle Tom or something like yeah. that. But, uh, you know, he certainly had different political and social and cultural sensibilities uh to a, a significant degree, you know what I'm saying while still falling under, under that umbrella uh but yeah, I mean, he has some truth to say about an important topic, and he did it in an entertaining way and uh there's other people like that, you know what I'm saying that I've said, just as bad, if not worse, than Kevin Samuels mm-hmm. that get celebrated, that don't get maligned, and Kevin Samuels he gets maligned the way that he does because he's a black man calling out a lot of the hypocrisy of this modern feminist age that we're living in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a feminist age that we're living in designed by us. Yeah. For us, by us. Mm-hmm. It's one dominated by white capitalists in ways that manufacture consent.
2: Yeah. And,
0: you know, it's, it's a colonial gender order, gendered order that we're living under right now. Yeah. And uh, and we're the colonized, right? Yeah. And, you uh, know, Kevin Samuels didn't describe it in those terms, but he was against uh the you know he 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 was you know he disliked a lot of the ways that society was moving and he's seen how you know it was harming black people and he had a lot of good advice you know he he also I, he cared for black families yeah. you know and you know all all of these things are still true, even with the disagreements yeah you know what i'm saying even with the even with me you know not wanted to watch him because he was too testy, or you know what I'm saying, like uh, talked about a lot of the same things all the time, you know what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. that that was his stick, you know what i'm saying and and that was you know uh you know a piece of the culture that uh you know I was hoping you know would actually be around longer, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like uh not saying he's perfect i Not saying that uh, he's what I think we needed (laughs) most or anything. I don't see him as a hero. Mm -hmm. But as far as an entertainer and cultural commentator, uh, he certainly was a a pivotal figure, a polarizing figure that created a lot of conversation. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be missed.
1: I mean, for sure. I mean, as you said, I think he... um He diagnosed a problem that was going on in the black community that is very important to the black community, and that's the relationship between black men and black women. Um, He definitely was pro-black family. He wanted to see black men and black women come together to make black families. Um, He definitely questioned the modern... the modern... um, the modern dream, the modern ideas. He, um, you know, and I, I think a
0: lot of like bougie black haters of uh, Kevin Samuels, mm-hmm. the college-educated, you know, variety. Yeah, uh, a lot of them were are not equipped to under even really understand or perceive what he the his intended effect culturally. Yeah. Because they're coming from, you know, some roots that have a lot to do with white feminism as we expose all the time with, you know, uh within the mainstream brands, of not just feminism but even black feminism yeah. and intersectionality, how those movements mainstream, you know what I'm saying, are dripping with anti-black misandry, these backward I- backwards ideas. I mean, we got to And be- i mean so so real quick. A lot of a lot of people that hate Kevin Samuels, they hate him because their ideology You know what I'm saying Has nothing to say About black families Really mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying Besides You know We need to adapt To the dissolve the, Them d- d- dissolving mm-hmm. You know A lot of these people Have nothing You know A lot of these So called radical thinkers Have nothing to say About the black family Besides
1: adapt to Dissolvement I mean The majority of the people That were spitting on the man's grave Was black women Um They were happy some, all, some of them, not all, because some of people they they showed their respect, but a lot of the hate that went towards him came from black women. Um, he was sometimes very hard um, with black women in verbal.
0: Um, was was Kevin? This is just a random question, Aki. Was Kevin Samuels more blunt or harsh than any one of than your grandmother's? No, no. Not even close. And when
1: I say that blunt, meaning in a good way, you know, he he just was direct and said the truth. You know, wasn't trying to curtail to your feelings or anything of that such nature. Um, he also did a lot of exposing his his interactions with women over the time period to two, three years where he's been on this. About two years. Um, was very sometimes could be damaging because for a lot of black males they never knew for some reason women would say stuff to Kevin that we never heard but then we did hear and you know he made them say you have to consider what this man wants you know but what we also have to remember is that he wasn't speaking to the everyday average brother he was speaking to a certain class of brothers, and a certain a class of women, or those who aspiring to be in that class. And he was speaking to that segment. And sometimes, as he was trying to give those, give ladies an understanding into what those type of men that they say they want want, there was pushback and things of that such nature. And a lot of times, as he would say, he felt because they were looking for his advice that they didn't qualify for that. Some of the same things that some of these female coaches have been coming out and saying lately, you know. Um, And that's going to put pushback and bring pushback. But yeah. it was a greater thing because black, that's something that as um, a black male, I've experienced my whole life. So, yeah. I think you know a
0: lot of his pushback was just based on the fact that he exposed uh, I-, I would say the hypocrisy and the bad outcomes of following through on modern society's advice you know what I'm saying or ideas of feminists or uh, sexual liberation mm. about how the outcomes for women and black women have thus far been detrimental
1: yeah no and, family
0: and that the you know a lot of Kevin Samuels' supporters are black women. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even black women that have made mistakes and are dealing with their mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the black women that called into a show are clearly dealing with mistakes that they made in their love life. And a lot of them appreciate the
1: advice that Kevin Samuels gave as as far as the realness of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're calling him for a reason. They're calling into that show for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everybody You're not calling into Kevin Samuels You know who he is Before you call mm-hmm. So you're not calling You're trying to find something out You know um,
0: uh, And uh, Like like we said These are serious issues You know what I'm saying Like mm-hmm. people are, are Not satisfied with the advice That we can just push concerns Of marriage until Much later in life You know And uh, the fact that our culture Has just shifted towards that you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying that as somebody who's unmarried in their 30s, and you as well. Yeah. Like, uh, but, you know, there has to be a certain, you know, I guess, conversation piece about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. About how people, uh, you know, lack discipline or lack, you know, good decision making with their romantic decisions. You know, decisions over their, their love life and the forming of families that they say that they want. Mm. And uh, I, of course he exposed You know what I'm saying The delusion from some of these Modern women as well yes. You know what I'm saying That have been programmed And it isn't ironic That a society led by powerful rich white men Have programmed women to so significant a degree Not saying majority degree I'm not saying that at all Significant a, 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 enough to mention and talk about Because we see a growing trend That's what makes it significant mm. Right But we see a, a, a growing trend of women that are looking for a man that makes over 150000 you know what I'm saying? That can treat them to a luxury le- lifestyle. And many women believe that they deserve that, but, you know, even if they're in their 30s with kids, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, you know, they want a man without kids or whatever the case may be. They're looking for, uh, you know, a wealthy man. Or whatever the case may be, but you know, and who's typically like who, what? Are, what is the the typical race of a wealthy man in the U.S. White, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if 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 you pick, if you put all the names of of wealthy men in the hat and pull one out, chances are my fucker gonna be white. It, 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 they're not gonna be black. So I I, I think that you know it's uh, you know ironic or not ironic, whatever you want to say. That uh you know that's that's where the programming has led. You know what I'm saying. I mean, it's
1: led to that, but it's also like, see, what it is. Like I say, it did exposing the things. So when 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 you look now at you know regular men, you look at regular men as beneath you. These women would talk about regular men as if regular men was beneath them. Now, granted, he didn't talk to every woman, black woman in the United States. He didn't. But it's a certain class and type of black woman that called into that show. And that show exposed a certain disdain for regular everyday brothers out here. So, and this is everyday brothers who probably make the same as you and it should be it,
0: it's not it shouldn't be a controversial statement to say a society that hates regular working class black men is also going to weave into those within the society the same hatred yeah you know what I'm saying that, that shouldn't be controversial and and it shouldn't be controversial to say that some black women to whatever degree that they do are also ingesting this programming yes you know what I'm saying yes because we
1: live in black men black m- When it comes down to America, black men has always been public enemy number one. In any situation of conquering and overtaking and colonization, males are going to be, um, the target. The first target to neutralize. Um, there's been a lot that's taken place with black males. Um... And it, a lot, it's been a lot that's taking place with black males through time, you know what I'm saying, that has made us and gave us some of the issues that we have. Same way it's worked with the sisters in the same way. And so what he's trying to say and what he was trying to say, this is what I got out of the message. We got to figure this shit out. Now, we've for the last couple of years, we've been hearing a lot about what black men should be doing. Nobody's never went around and said, talk to black women and and gave them an opinion from black males. And Kevin Samuels was sort of bold enough to give a little something, even though it wasn't the full picture and maybe going to the full extent that I wanted. He was still a brother that was willing to speak his voice and speak out. And he started a conversation
0: that needed to be had. I I think uh, it's also worth mentioning some of Kevin Samuels' greatest achievements from his, uh, you know, his videos, his his social media platform, what he cites as his greatest achievements are the unions that he participated in between black men and black women. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as him, through the communities that I guess he generated in Mm -hmm. his online and offline work, the pairing of black men and black women. Yeah. And uh, that was a major, significant part of his work. And also, that's makes up a significant reason why he's being ridiculed by people that have a uh, somewhat schizophrenic reaction to, you know, the parts inside them that are calling for this union and then their programming which is making them hateful of that union between black men and black women and that makes them have a tr- a trauma response, you know what I'm saying, fed by hatred and stereotypes, you know what I'm saying, to the union of black men and black women. You know, Kevin Samuels evoked a lot of Kevin Samuels evokes trauma. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't help that he's blunt. Yeah. And that the matters that he talks
1: about evokes trauma. Because in actuality, he was doing therapy on that show. Not individually and collectively. Yeah, he was doing therapy on that show. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that he had an ability to be able to have those conversations with people that called in and extract. Those that information for them to make Them look at it and He didn't bend um,
0: it, it, He ran his shit somewhat Like a, uh, a, a researcher Just in the sense that he asked Everybody that he spoke to the same questions Yep yeah he asked everybody He spoke to the same questions related to Their age their marital history If they have kids Mm -hmm. And even things like their weight You know And uh, how tall they are You know I think that's connected to him Being an image consultant But also If you know It matters if a woman Is saying You know I want an under 40 millionaire Yeah You know what I'm saying Well uh, do you know what Under 40 millionaires Are looking for in women Are you that I mean that was basically Kevin's Like for his most famous What he's most famously known for That is the stick You know what I'm saying that like that's that's the 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 common denominator of all his most
1: popular videos. And that's a and that's a fair question to to ask. That's a reality-based question to me.
0: Especially if you're an image consultant you know, that deals with uh if you're an image consultant that deals with
1: high class
0: that, men and high value men as you call them and 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 being a commentator on uh the question of uh you know relationships. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean it, it's of course and you know he's especially malign because you know he's been harsh i guess he's disregarded you know I, I i guess the some one of the elephants in the room i set aside i didn't see the comments that he made uh personally i didn't see the comments that he made that he when he said sometimes children lie about being abused you know what i'm saying uh, and which of course does happen some children do lie mm-hmm. I, I don't know the context in which he said that you know, and uh, so we we'll leave that to the side. But I know Kevin Smith does get a lot of flack for it. For instance, calling over 30 women with children leftover women. You know, and uh, he got a lot of flack for saying that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, t- to an extent, I definitely agree. You know, what I'm saying that. You know, it's harsh, and you know, I don't agree that you know you should compare care- them. I guess to uh, food. You know what I'm saying, like leftovers, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's not a fresh meal. You know, I, I guess that's the comparison. And people, of course, if they had to pick between leftovers and a freshly cooked meal, what they're gonna choose. But also it definitely reflects reality as far as, you know, uh, you know, the mo if you're looking for a, I guess what he called a high value man,
1: yeah, and of based course, and what you're asking for. See, the reality is this, he never told them, he he would never tell these women you can't get a man. Mm-hmm. You just can't get the man that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah.
0: A big thing: lower your expectations and get with the, you know, start yeah. accepting the average man. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, it, he had an economic uh, dimension to it. You know what I'm saying? That you know, there's not many black men that make over hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? And like, uh, you know, communally, you know, we're gonna have to lower the expectations. You know what I'm saying? If if they've been programmed to be too high, to, that they're divisive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they have. You know the divi You know. We've been programmed to to look at, you know, our relationship with black women uh, in a way that's divisive. And, so, and black women have uh, been programmed the same way. So I we got to actively fight against that. I
1: mean, it's a little bit of historical things that went on in that whole little uh, situation, too. Because, you know, yes, um, one of the biggest things is the pairing between black males and black women. We have a lot more black women that's making uh, higher, I guess, incomes. Than males, um, out here, um. But I think, you know, even he had to do this was explaining them the things that took place, that put that into place, while black men were getting ravaged with crack in the eighties. Y'all was going to college, you know what I'm saying? Um, as time went on, you know. These, you know, you got these children that's coming out. We go through the 90s and we, we get all types of stuff. There's a reason why black males have the issues they have. And so, you know, I mean, Kevin Samuels
0: stood against what, I mean, one, Kevin Samuels led people to black male studies. Black male studies is significantly influenced by Franz Fanon's thoughts. You can look at the work of uh, black male scholars, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. compare them to what Frantz Fanon was saying, or even where they cite and discuss Frantz Fanon. Yeah. You can look on YouTube, black male scholars discussing Frantz Fanon. Uh, you know, and one thing that uh, Frantz Fanon said, you know, the, the first act of colonial warfare, and we read this from Algeria Unveiled, the first chapter of dying Colonialism by Fanon, it said, it's, we're going to try to dislodge the affinities Uh, of black women from black men and that is you know we want to make them we want to make black women see themselves as a separate group yeah you know what i'm saying in the black community and from the Mm -hmm. black community compared to black men and uh you know we're seeing that play out in our lifetimes you know And and it's been playing out throughout the whole colonial encounter yeah and we're seeing it play out in the modern day And, uh, you know, so this idea of black women's liberation and how that, you know, brought about changes in the dating landscape, that was Kevin Samuels' wheelhouse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess all that to say, uh, you know, I hope we provided enough nuance here for the listeners, Mm -hmm. but also I hope it's enough nuance to firmly say that smiling and acting giddy and laughing as the Black Power Media host, you know, including Jared Ball and Diallo and Gichi Y'all did, you know what I'm saying, on that video. That, you know, it makes you cringe. You know what I'm saying? It really makes you cringe, you know, uh, that, you know, that occurs. I mean, you know,
1: they still have to, they gotta know this. People remember shit. And one thing about Kevin Samuels videos, they're not they have, they're not going, they're videos now. They lodged out there forever. There's too many clips of his videos that's out here circulating. And a lot of young males who have come up today have gotten those clips and heard those things. And those clips will be passed on to them. And in a time where there are certain black males who don't have fathers and they want a blueprint, they may fall into that. You know, and so. And he did more than just, you know, talk some shit, you know. Uh, there's a lot of good things that he did tell black males. He told black males that black male was important, that you important, you know, that you mean something. And a lot of black males were saying straight up, like, I ain't never even heard that from my mama. You know, not because I'm their child, but just that I'm just important. Just me being a black male, I'm important. So, you know, it was a lot of things that he did uh, that he meant to people, you know.
0: He definitely encouraged black men and women to submit to each other, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, He definitely wasn't telling men to dominate women in some type of unjust way. Mm -hmm. But he was really, when he talked to men, influencing, you know, trying to push them to be man enough to, you know, lead a family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and... You know, his message also was for women to submit to that partnership as well. Yeah. And, you know, black women submitting to black men in that way has always, always been an affront to the United States of America, mm. you know, and white supremacy as we know it. Got to give up the independence for the interdependence. You know, white patriarchy wants a singular white male rule, you know what I'm <laughs> saying, with white women by their side. But they want to be the male authority. And they're threatened by the presence of other possible male authority figures in their vicinity. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if black, uh, you know, uh, patriarchal uh, culture, you know what I'm saying, was not, was far different from European culture, you know what I'm saying, or I should say, uh, African notions of fatherhood, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. African notions of fatherhood are far different from the white patriarchy that we know of, yeah, you know what I'm saying, but still those different notions that we had and still have are seen as a threat. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying any version of of white male authority i mean any version of black male authority, you know what I'm saying is uh. Uh, You know Is confronted by You know This white patriarchy That we live within Yeah You know what I'm saying And uh, so yeah We really gotta get past This intersectional You know uh, You know Popular intersectional age That we're living in Get into some Social dominance theory And uh, this summer I'm gonna commit myself To reading more About social dominance theory And we can discuss Some of that in the podcast But of course Social dominance theory Is also one of the Foundational pieces uh, Of black male studies You know what I'm saying By uh, Written by Jim Sedanis uh, who is, you know...
1: Uh, Who's that dude?
0: Definitely that dude and was an active member of the Black uh, Power era. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, uh, definitely was active in that era. Yeah. So it comes from a good place, all that being said. In the Black Power era, Black nationalism, you know, was also, you know, inspired by Fanon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's good that we're, we're trying to track all these things. So with that being said, I hear any final words for this episode?
1: Not really. Just uh, rest in peace. You know, keep the lighthouse lit. And, uh, you know, as I said, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Keep the lighthouse lit. And, um, you know what I'm saying? See you next episode. All right. Peace. Peace, everybody. Peace.